Welcome back, and uh, well, what a great privilege for it is for me to be spending time with Heifelt tonight. The only sad part of it is that uh, I'm speaking to an empty hall, but I hope I'm speaking to hearts that are overflowing with joy. Um, so yeah, it's a great privilege to be with you tonight, and I pray that God will bless you as we minister. Wherever you are sitting, obviously when we're at home, there are so many different things that can distract us. And I pray that as we share the word of God, ask God to help you that you have a moment where you really can focus and allow the word of God to penetrate your heart and to impact you. Friends, this has been an incredible, interesting season that we've, we've gone through and not yet totally through, but this has been a challenging time. And uh, I hear so many leaders and people on social media talk about gathering and the, 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 you know, <coughs> the church should gather again. And I believe we should. We miss you guys. We do want to gather. But something that I want to almost amplify in the season that I've learned and I've learned about you guys as the church, I have seen the church well and alive, the church of Acts actually in our midst happening. You know what, it, uh, even the fact that we can't gather on Sundays or Sunday mornings once a week, I have seen a 24-7 response of people caring for one another, phoning one another, picking up prescription pills and taking it to friends and rushing people to hospital and people delivering food without even asked. You know, it's so amazing to see how many of you guys has operated and acted as a loving church, a loving family, caring for one another. I believe that is what church is. Yes, gathering is important, but let me tell you, don't make a mistake. The church wasn't closed down. The church was totally active and, and happening all the time through, although we didn't gather on Sundays. I regret the minimization, this, this limitation that people have defined the church with to only a Sunday gathering. You know what? Church is much more than that. And I believe we're going to come out of this season stronger, more convinced. Many of you have had such deep spiritual family experiences of people supporting you and, 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 and doing things that would not have happened in the normal moments. Those things solidify deeper relationships than what we could ever get if it wasn't for this. I believe we're going to come out of this much stronger. I want to encourage you tonight as we continue and we starting off a five-week series, like Yaku said, you know, it's too good to be true, you know, and looking at the Word of God and the impact of the Word of God. Tonight, I'm going to focus on the Word as the Creator, you know, the Word that creates. We're going to continue then talking about, you know, can we trust the Word of God? The Word that became flesh, which is Jesus Christ, and dwelled among us. And, and we're going to look into and dive into that context. And then we're going to look at the living Word, so that you and I can fall in love with the Word of God, desire the Word of God, so that we can meditate on it, understand it, love it, and obey it. And I pray tonight as we, as we start off with the Word that creates, may this inspire you, may this do something in your heart as we minister tonight, that you would understand the power of Word, the power of the Word of God, you know, especially in the season that we live in. And so many people are out there and saying words and every second person has an opinion about the virus and every second person has an opinion about, you know, the... Um, the um, you know, everything else. I mean, it's on social media, next person reads something, next person says something. Those words have an impact on people's lives. If you think about your own life, how many, how much, how many times have words impacted you? It could be positive, it could be negative. Maybe you read something. Somebody says something about the vaccine and now suddenly your mind is spinning in a different direction. You know what? These words impact people's lives. Why? 
Because words are powerful. Words have the ability to derail people. Words have the ability to inspire people. Words, I mean, we're busy looking at the Olympics and you see many of those athletes were inspired maybe by a little dream when they were youngster. And now they have just, you know, won the gold medal or broken a world record. But somewhere they were inspired by words. The same is true. Many times people listen to words and fear comes in your heart and penetrates and grips your heart and holds you away from what God has called you and holds you away from the life that is available to you and me. Friends, words are important. So let's look at the most important word, the Word of God. And John 1 verse 1 to 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was nothing or anything made that was made. In Him was the life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is a powerful scripture actually bringing so many things together. It says, in the beginning was the Word. Now, out of this passage, I'm going to try to lay a foundation of three basic points. The very first point is, God is the Creator. Now, it's important to understand, I mean, my wife was talking, it says, is it Creator or Creator? And I said, no, it's definitely Creator. Because creator means other people also create. You know, we, we, I mean, I have a leather company. We create bags. But I'm not the creator in the sense of, you know, making out of nothing something. God is the creator. God is the one who exists way before, beyond, before time. He says, in the beginning, which does not mean God. It means you and I. It means creation. Because God has no beginning. God has no end. When we look at this, there is a God who lives beyond time and space that we're talking about here. He is the creator, and therefore He is the owner of everything. He created through His words. The Bible, literally, if you go through it, you'll see, and God spoke. How many places in the Bible says, God said, and it was so, and God said. And many times God spoke to people, and what He said to people came to pass. What has God said to you? What has the creator said to you? What are the dreams and the, and the plans of God and the will of God upon your life that God has said to you? Some of you are listening to me tonight and maybe you've never heard this. Maybe you've never been in an environment like this and you still are discovering God. Why don't you open up your heart and say, God, why don't you speak to me? Speak to me. You know, because when you hear those words, you know, you'll find the Creator brings life whenever He speaks. In Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28, well-known passage says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And it continues and says, So God created man in his own image. And God said, Let us make man, and God made man. You see, you and I, as human beings, we are a creation of the Creator. And it's important we understand when you look through creation and this incredible creation video that we've just seen. Yes, if you look at it, you know, God made animals, God made birds, God made the plants, God made all kinds of species and, and all kind of animals and, 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 and you know, a lot of the creation. It's amazing when he made man, it was unique. He says, we make this and then he said, let us make something that is in our image, in our likeness. And he made man. We were created very special. There's a reason why God created us like this. You see, friends, when you look at anything that is created, if you look at this cell phone, this cell phone has a purpose. This laptop has a purpose. 
this camera that I'm looking into has a purpose. Everything or anything that people make, you know, it has a purpose. I mean, like I said, when we make leather bags, the one bag is for a cell phone, the other bag is for a laptop, the other bag is just for ladies to enjoy as a handbag. The other one is a wallet where you put money in with cards in. You see, when we make something, we always ask ourselves, what is the purpose of this thing we're making? See, the Creator didn't just make things. You didn't just pop. The Creator made things, and He made you and me for a purpose. And here's the sad part. When you and I don't understand the purpose of why we were created, we run the risk that we could abuse ourselves. We could abuse whatever, whenever you don't understand the purpose of something. If I think this cell phone is made to do cricket with, and I start to bowl with it, I'm going to break it because it's not a cricket ball. It was made literally not to stone your ear, but it was made to call people with. It's a little like a little computer today. And therefore, you need to understand the purpose of something so that you can walk in and have the fullness and the joy of that creation. Do you understand your purpose? Do you understand the purpose of marriage? Do you understand the purpose of being a man and being a woman? God made us different. There's a purpose behind it. And we if we don't understand it, we sometimes want to be something else. We sometimes want to aspire to something else or get confused by all the stuff in the world and what people are saying because out of the unhappiness of their disconnection with God, they try to fill this void with something else. Only the Creator can fill that place. You see, from this passage, we say God made everything. I want to take us to the second point. Everything was created for a purpose. And that purpose is the glory of God. Isaiah 43, verse 6 to 7. I will say to the north, give up, and I will say to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I am formed and made. He says, whom I have created, here's the purpose, for my glory. Friends, those are powerful words. We're just looking at the Olympics and the glory in it when somebody stands there with a gold medal. But you know, it's amazing. A few records were broken. That means, they literally say, would say it like this, and you know, this lady's record was now broken. Let's say it was in 1998. The record was stood from 1998 till now. That's it, done in history. That person who, who set the record in 1998 will never ever be able to re restore that again because their time has passed. All of us have a tick like a clock on us. Time goes on. We can live our own glory, but there's a clock on it. We can live to just accumulate things for ourselves and, and do business and I want to have my name on everything. But friends, you'll never ever be satisfied. Why? Because we were created to bring glory, to give glory, not to take glory. We're talking about the word that creates. What does this word create? This word creates in you and me the image of Christ. It creates in us that we understand when the Creator has made us, He's made us to bring glory to God. He's made us to live for the glory of God. And anything else around us will take us away. It will actually deceive us into something else. And that's why people live up, end up empty on the inside and try to fill it with all kinds of other stuff, but it will never satisfy. The purpose of all creation, not just human beings, but even nature, is the glory of God. 
all of creation is now the, I mean, God says, and in him was life. And the life was the light of man. Friends, the moment you and I take him out of the centrality, when we take the word out of everything, we lose the creation purpose. We lose the reason why we exist. We lose everything else and the purpose of it. And you take the life out of it, you'll start to see the darkness fills people's minds. They, you know, there's no more creativity. There's nothing that we can speak anymore because words create. But the moment we don't have the life of God inside of us, how will we give life? Darkness comes. Darkness flows from people who have the absence of God in their lives. Romans 1 verse 21 to 21 and 25 says, For His invisible attributes, namely the eternal power and divine nature, have been um, clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that He have made, that have been made. So they are without excuse. And although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God and give Him thanks. Creation was made to honor God. And the moment we stop honoring God, the moment we let the word God out of our lives, we start to become dysfunctional. How do they do that? Well, they simply, because they exchanged the truth for a lie, the truth about God for a lie, and worshiped and served creatures rather than a creator who is blessed forever. Friends, we're speaking about the Word of God. In the next four or five weeks, we're going to speak about the Word of God. The Word that creates, what does it create? When you not allow Jesus into our lives, when we allow the Word of God into our lives, it not only creates, it forms us, it transforms us, it gives us power, it, give, it inspires us, it gives us hope, it gives us reason beyond reasoning, it gives us answers to the unanswered questions, it gives us a peace that's beyond understanding. There's something that happens inside of us but the moment we don't find it in Christ, we do want to find it. And that's not, we move beyond the creation plan and we move into a different sphere that is totally dark and it leaves us empty and on an endless journey of searching what we will never find. Friends, we need to keep God at the center because in Him is life and He is the light of all men. You see, when we keep God right at the beginning and God, we understand God's the creator, and we understand we created for His purpose. It brings me to my last point. And therefore, we are co-creators with God through our words. See, friends, you and I are not many gods. But it's amazing that God made animals and everything else. But when He made man, He said, let me make man in my image, in His likeness. And He says, I'm going to put in Him a design in Him. I'm going to make mankind with the ability to have imagination, to dream, to see. We talk about the concept vision. No impala has vision. I mean, no animal has vision. No monkey has a vision. Human beings have vision. Why? Because God gives you and me the ability to see beyond coronavirus, to see beyond this moment. To see, you know, as a youngster, you start to see your future. And all of that is the way God's made us because we are co-creators with God. Let me give you a few scriptures that will inspire you. In Proverbs 15 verse 4, Gentle words bring life and health, and the seedful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 16 verse 24, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Proverbs 18 verse 4 says, A person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing 
as bubbling brook. Proverbs 20 verse 15 says, Wise speech is rarer and more valuable than golden rubies. He's talking about words. He's talking about, you know, why? Is it more important? It's more valuable than gold. It's more valuable than Bitcoin. It's more valuable than anything you can dream of. Wise words, because words are powerful. Proverbs 25 verse 18, telling lies about others is harmful and hitting them, like hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword and shooting them with a sharp arrow. Words have their power to destroy people. Words have the power to restore people. Words have the power to reject people. Words have the power to embrace people. Words have creative power. And we can use it for the advantage of God's kingdom and to bless people. In Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who live by it, those who use the tongue correctly, will actually eat the fruit of what we do. See, friends, we need to come back to Genesis 1 verse 26. And God said, let's make man in our image. In his likeness, he made us. In the very image of God, he created them. And then he said to them, be fruitful. Multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the earth. The very first thing is, in his image. He had a desire and He created us with the outcome desire that we would live purposefully, that we would represent God correctly. Even having children is great because God said multiply. But it did not just say multiply, it says multiply my image. There's something about us accurately representing God on earth. That's the image of God. That is part of the Word of God that creates in us a likeness like God. Yes, we are born, and yes, we're born in sin, and, and, but then we get saved. Word saves us. The Word of God saves us. The Word of God transforms us. The Word of God says it's like milk, it's like food. We grow up by it. And then it goes in His likeness. It's not just representing God, but His likeness is almost, almost like, make me think about on Facebook, you like something. You, like, you, you click on it, you like it. There's something about God that when we like Him, he makes us like Him, not just like Him, but we like God. He's not, we're not many gods, but in character and in holiness, He calls us to be like Him. And He wants us to reproduce that, to reproduce Him in other people, reproduce His will and His ways on earth, and seek that. And, and you may be in business, but how can you deliberately reproduce God's kingdom on earth? God has made us in His likeness. And He says, be fruitful. He gives us identity. And He wants us to put action to this identity that we multiply ourselves and that we become co-creators, multiplying the image of God, multiplying the likeness of God on earth, multiplying the purpose of God on earth. Friends, our words, even as I speak to you tonight, words matter. And the practical way when we think about this word tonight, word that creates, what are the words that you listen to? What are those words that impact your life? What are the words that have had negative impact on your life? Are they positive words? Are they biblical words that has come back and restored what the enemy has stolen from you? How can you use your words to restore and to impact people's lives positively? You know, when we talk about engaging people around us and we want to have all these kind of strategies, I want to just keep it simple. If you want to engage people around you, why don't you use words to uplift people? 
Why don't you use words to be gentle to people? Why don't you use wise words to love upon people and care about people? And when they see there's just a sincerity in this times we live in, <laughs> this is the greatest time for us to reach out, to just care about people. Now, friends, how will we do that? He says, Jesus is the Word. He is the life. He is the light of all men. When we allow Jesus back on the throne of our hearts and Him as Lord in our lives, and we meditate upon the Word of God, that Word creates in us the ability so that we, in line with the Word of God, can create in, on earth and in people's lives something else. Friends, practical ways. Why don't you start to write Scripture in your car, on your cell phone, put it on a reminder. You know, meditate on the Word of God. Put in your house different places the Word up. Start to speak the Word of God. When you're in conversations and hear people speak, listen carefully and bring positive, bring God's Word in. But we can't bring God's Word in if it's not in the, on the inside of us. You know, if we want to have the power of God's Word, and trust God's Word. The best thing you and I can do is spend time with God's Word. Spend time in God's Word. Spend time around God's Word. Meditate on it. You know, take the Word of God and, and, and just spend time. Make sure that you, you meditate on the Word of God. Make sure that you, that, you, that you understand and then have enough time that you almost marinate yourself, bath in it, marinate yourself in the Word of God. Many people ask questions. is because sometimes we just quickly run over Psalm 117. That's great. Psalm 117 is awesome. It's part of the Scripture. But that's not the only passage in the Word of God. Take the Scripture. Think about it. Meditate upon it. Here's the amazing thing about the Word of God. You can read many books, and they're okay, and you can tell the story. But you cannot read the Word of God, and it doesn't start to do something in you. What does it do? The Word creates. The Word of God is so powerful. You cannot read it without being transformed by it, challenged by it, exposed by it. When you open up the Bible, it opens you up. Friends, the Word of God is not somebody's Word. It is the Word of God. If you want hope, read your Bible. If you want to have a future, read your Bible. If you want to have stability, take the Word of God, read it, apply it in your life, and you will see a, a lasting difference in your life. In the midst of all of this, you know what? God is not phased. He knew about Corona. He knew about all of this. It's in the midst of all the challenges we face right now that I can tell you the Word of God is exactly the same. It stands forever. It cannot be changed. The covenant cannot be wiped out by a coronavirus. The covenant stands beyond it. May God bless you. May you experience God in ways unknown. May you see God's face, but allow the Word of God to create in you life and let that life overflow into people so we multiply that life into other people's lives and create in other people. Your words create. Be careful how you use your words. God bless you. Thank you, Yaku. Welcome, my friend.